Thank you for joining us for this week's sermon podcast from the First United Methodist Church of Parable. Let's prepare our hearts as we turn our attention towards God's holy word this morning. We'll be reading from 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 14 as we continue on our series. We'll also read a little bit from Luke chapter 11, verses 33 and 36. I invite you to hear these words this morning. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus To Timothy, my beloved child, grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience as my ancestors did, when I remember you consistently in my prayers night and day, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy." I'm reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I'm reminding you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed, then, of the testimony about our Lord or of me in prison. But join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought to life and immortality to light through the gospel. For the gospel, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher, and for this reason, I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of of the Holy Spirit living in us. Luke 11. No one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a bushel basket. Rather, one puts it on a lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if it's unhealthy, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, consider whether the light in you is not darkness. But if your whole body is full of light, With no part of it in darkness, it will be as full of light as when a lamp gives you a light with its rays. May God bless the reading of our scripture this morning. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, as we turn our attention towards your scripture this morning, we know that your Holy Spirit led those to write down these words so long ago, and we pray that that same Spirit is here and among us and moving through our hearts, writing on our hearts what you would have us here today. Make my words your words, my heart your heart. If anything is said is untrue, let it fall away, never to be remembered. But if what is said is true today, write it on our hearts so that we follow you, that we are encouraged to be faithful to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. In Christ's name, amen. It was our first extreme trip with the youth group. Our youth coordinator and his brother were both ex-Marines, And during the time of this trip, 
our youth coordinator's brother, was also part of the Arkansas State Police SWAT team. So needless to say, we set out for an adventure like none other. We would spend four days and three nights on the Buffalo, and our goals, our objectives for that trip were to canoe, to sleep under the stars, to hike, to zip line, uh, to feast, and to fellowship. Now, our group that went was all boys, about 15 of us, ages 11 to 15. And so I think by the end of the trip, our objective was just to get home alive. And right under that, the objective was to make sure that we bathed before we got in the van to go home. I'll, I'll never forget that trip. It, it was horribly amazing. It was horribly amazing. The first day we made it down the river and it was great and we had a, a wonderful time. We slept under the stars. We feasted on salmon. It was wonderful. But the second day, the second day, it rained. It rained and all 15 of us uh, slept under tarps and under crammed into these makeshift tents uh, and it rained and so hard that no matter where we slept, we all were soaked through that evening, and the next morning we, we woke up and we rolled our sleeping bags together, and you could just see the water dripping out of the sides. It was not a really good experience that second day. But yet we made it to our next stop, and we took our soaked sleeping bags and our backpacks, we repacked everything, we hiked down to a place called the Rock Cave. And this is where we repelled. This is where we repelled. Now, when one repels, it's not like the movies, like you have a rope and you have a cliff and you jump off the side and just hope for the best. Well, actually, no, actually, it was, it was kind of like that. Uh, but, but for first-timers, you had one person who was in front of you, and they were your coach. They would coach you down. And then you had the repeller person, the bottom repel, and then you had somebody who was working on belay. And the way you repel is that you back up, with the rope next to the cliff and you teeter on your feet next to the cliff and you have to lower yourself down into an L position. So far so good? And the way you do that is you feed the rope through your left hand and if you're right-handed this is your brake arm. So if your arm's out your rope's free to go and if you pull it behind you that's your brake. Well if you mess up your brake thankfully you have somebody at the bottom who can provide a brake for you, can provide back for you, and so it was. Uh, it was a wonderful experience, and so it was all of us there. Um, it was a group of ex-marines, a group of tweens uh, going down, uh, repelling off the side of a cliff. You know what? <laughs> it sounded like a good idea at the time. Yeah. We're beginning to look at at Paul's second letter to Timothy, and we're not exactly sure how much time has passed between these two letters, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. We do know it's quite some time. We do think that Paul is, knows that he's nearing the end of his earthly journey, for his own trials are beginning to heat up. And so he's writing this farewell letter. And in this farewell letter, Paul is encouraging Timothy, sharing his experience and offering up thanksgiving for the faith and the relationships that have held together through Paul's faith experience. And he, then he begins to encourage Timothy by reminding Timothy that Timothy's faith is part of his heritage, that Timothy belongs to the heritage of faith. In fact, he's a third-generation believer in Jesus and for those of us who grew up in church, we can relate to that, that our pa parents or our families have been in church over the generations, and so we share in that generational faith experience. And for those of us who did not grow up in the church, perhaps someone invited you to church later on in life, you still share in this heritage of a faith experience because someone invited you, someone invited you, and faith was passed on from one person to another. Even for those who one day decide, hey, I think I might visit a church. 
I imagine that somewhere along their life, someone directly or indirectly shared their faith with you by words or even by actions. And so if you're here today or listening on all of our media platforms, right now you are actively sharing in the heritage of a faith experience. Now, however our faith journey begins, all of us, all of us at one point, were geared up and handed the ropes by someone else who was a bit more experienced than we were in our faith. And this might have been through family or friends or co-workers or someone you randomly sat next to in church one day. We were handed the ropes and led down the path of this faith journey. And as we venture down this path, we are presented with challenges along the way, moments that present difficult situations, difficult questions, maybe questions of faith. How do I live into a life of faith? And sometimes these challenges can seem quite impossible, like taking a rope and leaning over the side of a cliff for fun. Some of our folks on that trip did great. They were natural at repelling. Uh, they did everything like textbook perfect. Now, my personal experience did not go so smoothly. Right? My guide was encouraging. He said, you got this. Don't look down. Keep your eyes on me. Don't look down. Keep your legs straight. Lean back. Don't look down. Good job. Keep leaning back. Get into the L position. Don't look. Well, I look down. That's not me, but I feel his pain, right? I looked down, and not only did I look down as I leaned over the cliff, I let go of all the ropes and instinctively reached out to grab the edge of the cliff. Thank God for my breaker and all the adults and the youth who ran up behind the breaker to help them if needed. They were really looking out for me that day. But even in that moment of chaos, calm as a cucumber, my guide looked at me and said, Chase, let go of the cliff. <laughs> Look at me, you're okay. Grab the rope and get into the L position. We got you, so when you're ready, you let us know. And as they held the line for me, I got situated, I took a deep breath, and I yelled out, on belay, to indicate that I was ready. And they responded, belay on, which means they were ready to break for me if needed. It was still a struggle to get down that cliff. There was about 25 feet of cliff before we had to jump off and swing under the cliff for 75 feet worth of a free fall. There were times in that repel that were so amazing. There were times in that repel situation that I really just didn't want to be there. There were times in that repel situation that were terrifying. There was times in that repel situation, moments where I really wasn't sure what was going to happen next. The reason that Paul is writing to Timothy this letter of encouragement is that Timothy was serving in a church at the time when the opponents of the church wanted to destroy the church. Their goal was not just to destroy the church, but to wipe Christianity from the face of the earth. The congregation in Ephesus had been under the threat of riots and eventually did experience a riot. And Timothy was facing all these difficulties, all these things going around him, he was facing his own proverbial cliff, and he wasn't really sure what was coming next. Timothy needed to be encouraged. He needed to be encouraged to stop looking at all the things that were going on against the church, and instead look at what God had done and what God was doing through the church, including Timothy's own faith experience. Paul uses this aorist tense, it's a tense that we have in Greek, when he wrote this, God gave us a spirit. God gave us a spirit. 
This phrase was a reminder to Timothy that at some point, Timothy received the Spirit of God, the very living Spirit of God, the Spirit of power, the Spirit of love, the Spirit of self-discipline. And this Spirit placed something within Timothy, and this is what Timothy should be focused on rather than these other things. But that focal point seemed to dwindle in Timothy's own heart. That night after we got through repelling, we, we noticed that it was getting a little bit dark outside and we had quite a hike to make it back to where we were going to go. So we decided to light a few fires to warm up, to dry out our sleeping bags, to crawl into our sleeping bags and sleep in the cave. It looked exciting. It was a nice little patch of dirt there next to the river, so it was soft, there was water flowing. Maybe it helped us get a good night's sleep. Um, but that night the fires burned out and it got so cold have you ever seen that commercial during the cold seasons where it's like, if you have a pet, you know, bring them inside. If, if you're cold, they're cold. You need to bring them inside. Did you know that that's the same for cave critters? If, yeah, yeah. So while we were sleeping during the middle of the night, these cave critters would come and they'd warm up in our sleeping bags. And so you could hear one kid scream and they get up and wipe off the bugs and shake out the bags and go warm up. And then they come back and, get, and then you hear somebody else scream. And they get up and shake off the bugs and, and shake out the bag and get back in. That was a horrible, miserable night. And there are times when we have stories in our lives where we can look back years later and say, you know, that was kind of funny. This was, this was not one of those stories, right? It was miserable. I, I suffered that night, but I didn't suffer alone. Everybody else suffered that night. I thought about this the other day. Knowing how much we suffered, would I do this trip again? Knowing how much we suffered and also knowing the experiences that we had elsewhere, would I do this trip again? Absolutely. Because those who planned it invested their time and their love and their passion into the youth there. And those of us who was experiencing this together drew closer together in one another. I would do it in a heartbeat. Paul is writing from a cell He's nearing the end of his life under persecution and facing execution. And here's where he says in this moment, Because of what Christ has done for me, because I am not ashamed to tell the good news of the grace of God, God's love, I am here experiencing this moment. And if I suffer for that, so be it. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. That next morning was still really cold, so we had to go search somewhere for dry kindling. Everything was wet. It was putting out the fire, so we had to search hard. And eventually we found some dry kindling. We were able to build back up the fires to warm up, to cook breakfast, to clean up our campsite, eventually load up and hike back up to the top and make our way home alive. Yeah, we did. I imagine that Timothy began his faith journey and leadership journey with a heart that was completely on fire for the gospel and for the calling in his life, his calling being to tell others about the love of Jesus. I imagine that after facing difficulties, one after the other after the other, perhaps the heart was more reflective of a glowing amber that needed to be rekindled. Paul tells Timothy, rekindling the gift of God within you is by the Holy Spirit. Rekindling the gift of God that is within you is by the Holy Spirit. And when you find yourself not focused on what God has done, what God is doing, it's like you're putting wet wood on the fire. 
But when you focus on what God has done and what God is doing by the power of the Holy Spirit, the flame grows a little bit more. And here's where Paul says these wonderful words. I know the one whom I have put my trust in. I know the one who I put my trust in, and I am sure that he's going to be able to guard me until the day until the day I receive what I have entrusted to him. During Paul's time, a person would deposit something with a friend, something to be kept for a child or a loved one. They might even deposit something at the temple for safekeeping. In the ancient world, there was no more sacred duty than the safeguarding of such a deposit, something that was of value. Paul knew his life was nearing an end, and yet he said, I know God will guard my faith that I have placed in him. And then he goes on to tell Timothy this, through the Holy Spirit, God has deposited that same faith within you. Friends, faith's value is unmatchable. Faith's value is unmatchable because faith's value is life-saving, it's life-changing, and it's life-giving. Do not let that burn out. As you have entrusted your faith to God, God has entrusted this gift of faith to you. So the encouragement for us today, like Paul and Timothy, is by the grace of God, we put our trust in God. And like Paul and Timothy, God puts trust in us. Not to be ashamed of who we are, that we follow Christ, but God puts trust in us that we may be the hands and feet of Christ in all that we do. And sometimes... It can be difficult. Sometimes we face cliffs, and sometimes we need a rekindling of faith within us. But Luke's gospel says this, that the Holy Spirit placed that faith in you, and the Holy Spirit can ignite that flame in you. And It's not something that you can do. It's not a cliff that you can bear by yourself. But look around you. Those who are in front of you and behind you, to your right or to your left, God has entrusted them with the power of the Holy Spirit, a spirit of faith. So they are your coaches telling you you got this. They are on belay waiting to help you down the cliff or through the challenge ahead. And you are somebody else's coach telling someone else you've got this, telling someone else I've got you. So be encouraged to share your faith with others. Be thankful this day for those who have passed the faith to you and for those within this faith community here. Most of all, be thankful and encouraged by the love of God through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you that on this journey of faith you have surrounded us with those whom you have entrusted the gift of faith those who have brought us to church, those who have sat next to us in church, those who have encouraged us through our own journey of faith. God, we pray as we continue together on this journey that we draw closer to you, that we are rekindled by the power of the Holy Spirit, that our hearts burn with a passion to know you more each and every single day. And that that passion is a light within our hearts that shines through our eyes, that shines through our hands, that shines through our feet, that shines through our words, sharing the love of Jesus with those around us. In Christ's holy name, amen. 
Thank you for listening. You can find out more about First United Methodist Church by going to our website at www.fumcparacle.org. May God bless you this week.